Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. For thousands of years, human beings have wondered about entering the afterlife. Do we climb a golden staircase or walk towards a light? Is it a vast, expansive paradise or just an endless, meaningless void? Turns out it's none of those things. It's just me, waiting with my clipboard, ready to collect three questions for God. This is God Only Knows, a podcast that kills its guests before they even get to say a word only to meet them as they step out of the eternal elevator and submit their three questions to God, whoever or whatever he, she or it may be to them. Joining me straight out of the eternal elevator is Helen Bauer. Hello. Yay! (laughs) Hello. What a wonderful start. Do people cheer themselves at the eternal elevator normally? Not up until now, but I think you've raised the bar. This is what we expect from here on in. This is it. From now on, we want... (laughs) We want only cheers as we go through. I'm just so excited to be in the eternal elevator. Like I uh, love lifts just in oh, general. Good. So this is just an exciting like moment for me, you know? Uh, how was it? How was the, how was the ride up? Was it all right? I could have done without the glass bottom of the lift, yeah, but I did like that it was a lookout. Mm. I did like that like you could see it wasn't just encapsulated in mm. like a metal coffin. I loved the view. I just didn't need it under my feet. And no. also lovely music. Thank you for playing uh. Bewitched. <laughs> Yeah, that that one took a while to get through the committee. You know, there's a whole, there's a there's a few concerns about the tone, but we got there. We got there. We got it through. But playing Sailor V, it's life whilst traveling in the elevator. That's the perfect song. Uh, it is, but it was it was more the connection to witchcraft, which upset some of the more conservative members of the committee. Oh come on! I know, right? Are you serious? Do you know Why what? can't people be down with witches? Do you, know, do, you know, do you know the number of people who are like religious leaders who listen to this podcast will be going? If only she knew what we have to put up with. If only she knew the committees we have to sit through. <laughs> <laughs> I ditched the church life at age like thirteen, so Ooh. I have no regard for it. I'm sorry. I don't know what you guys go through anymore. Well, well, let's talk about that then, because we're here. So let's 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 go to that. So you ditched at thirteen. So up to thirteen, there was a church connection, was there? There was a religious connection. Oh. Yeah, my mum made us go every single Sunday. I was also in the church choir and I was in girls' brigade. Mm, 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 What kind of church are you talking about? Is it an an Anglican church? Methodist. A Methodist church. Ah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you went full. We were like religious enough, is what I would say. Okay. But like, I was like, we went to Sunday school, but I was never like fully into it. Like there were the happy clappy families that were there every weekend being like, burn the gays. And we were like, oh no, 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 
<laughs> so we were like on the fringes of it. And then I was in church choir and the church choir mistress always gave the solos to her daughter, who wasn't a good singer. Oh. Neither was I, but she wasn't either. And I just lost it. I was like, I can't be part of this anymore. God isn't real. This is bullshit. And so then I just lost it all. I like that. How that there should be, is that? There should be a quality of bad singers. Well, I'm just as bad a singer as she is, so I should also be allowed to do a terrible solo. There's just no way. And I just lost any semblance of faith so quickly. Wow, I love I it. Uh, so, Helen, before we begin, we have to fill out a heavenly profile, so I need a few details. Uh, your full name, please. Helen Ann Bauer. And your occupation. Um, oh God, like comedian, but I guess like shameless, desperate clown. Also podcaster. Don't forget it. the podcast. You're on a podcast. You've got to talk about it. Oh yeah, a podcast. I've got a podcast. <laughs> Which you co-host with the lovely Rosie Jones, who was on this uh, on this podcast just a few episodes ago. Just before she hit the big time. I know, just before. I mean, it really, honestly, this is the lucky charm, this podcast. Do this podcast, your career goes through the roof. You can thank me later when you're on Apollo. Uh, <laughs> And any notable... Rosie's a born star. Oh, she is. She absolutely is. Uh, any notable achievements? Oh, my God. No. I mean... <laughs> That's such a depressing thing to ask. You have got some notable um, achievements. Come on. Come on. Like, I haven't saved a life. Is that what you mean? No. I, 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 and I, correct me if I'm wrong. Were you not nominated for Best Newcomer at the Edinburgh Festival? Oh, right. Yeah. I thought you meant, like, like real things. <laughs> yes. Yes, comedy. Comedy-wise, I've got some notable achievements, but yes. I've never um, like donated an organ. <laughs> no, that's okay. I mean, on this podcast, we'll take the comedy ones, and you've got quite a few of them. You're you're quite the stand-up. Okay. People should check you out if you haven't if you haven't heard Helen do stand-up. If you haven't seen Helen do a stand-up. Go and check her out on YouTube because it, it's absolutely brilliant. But you should also really like watch me save a life like, yeah I mean, when that happens we'll, set, we'll put a link out with that we'll do a special return episode when you when you actually donate an organ or save a life we'll do that uh but but the podcast is called daddy look at me yes and, daddy uh, look at me with rosie jones and we basically just talk to our guests about their childhoods and their need for attention so it's just that classic like i mean we've all faked breaking an arm at some point but it's mm. like going into the psychology behind nice. that nice it's brilliant. It is really, really good fun. I really love it. And do check out Helen <laughs> on YouTube you. as well, because you are you're very, very good. Now, we need to find out how you got here. So let me find for you your spinning wheel of death. Are you ready for this? No. <laughs> Let's find God. out what you've got. This is okay. horrendously tense. It's really tense, isn't it? You got trapped in a portable aircon unit at South Mim Services. Oh my God. It's quite a lot to take in there, right? Why at South Mims? Where's South Mims Services? That's the one at the top of the M25, isn't it? I think it has a Pizza Express, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that changes everything. See, look at what it took. Look at what it took to go from despair to joy. <laughs> Genuinely, absolutely fine. Okay, great. Good for me. Okay. There you go. Thank yeah. You. Okay. Let me tell you. What, let me. Shall I tell you what we've got going on there? Okay, yes, so, I mean, it's not one of my favourites, I've got to be honest, it's not one of my favourites, but what we have... Wait, 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 what are your favourites? Because I'm actually from a service station town. I, I like Peterborough. Peterborough is really nice, a big pentagon shape, yeah. Mm, yeah fine, that's, that's fine, that's fine, I'm not from there, but well done. Which one's yours, which is your local? I'm from Fleet. Oh, people do like, nah, you see, yeah, yeah, but no, it's no Peterborough. Uh, we got a Burger okay, King, well. 
We've got a Harry Ramsons, oh. KFC, Pret, Krispy Kreme. It's not really a Krispy Kreme, though. I hate it when they put that on there. Having Krispy Kremes in a cupboard does not mean you have a Krispy Kreme at your services. That is so true. If you're not it's making donuts, small... get that logo off your website. Uh, <laughs> Starbucks, Subway, uh, Waitrose, WH Smith, and a Pizza Express. See, I'm okay with that. I would, be, I would die at their services. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. Portable aircon unit, so at least the weather was nice, clearly. Clearly something good was happening around exactly. you. Exactly. And like maybe I just wanted a moment of cool and like hopefully I just like froze really quickly. Or realistically, I overate so much on the Pizza Express, I got the sweats. I went in the portable aircon unit and I just, you know, passed out. Yeah, that that feels that feels more like it would have been on a hot day. So, Helen, your first question for God. My first question for God is how can I let go of the fact that I wasn't in the school play in year 11? Oh. Big question. I know. But I am 29. This happened when I was 15, 16. And I've never fully been the same since. Like, I wow. was, I think I'm scarred emotionally. Okay, so so we need to know what was the play? What what was the what was the piece? Oh, it was some Greek hysterical women something tragedy, women in distress. And this is like a normal mixed like local school. So yeah. I was like it's all about women. Every woman who auditions is going to be in it. And, and I didn't get in it. Why is all. no one ever shocked when I tell them this? No, the drama teacher said I was too tall to be in the chorus of women. You're a, you're a comedian. You, you must have been to some screen tests. You've sat in for things. You, you, you un- it's not that you don't understand rejection. This is not the last or only thing you've ever not been picked for, right? You're a performer oh for God, a living. I don't get picked for loads of stuff. I'm a chill person in right? general. But yeah. this was like, it's such bullshit. Like, I, I genuinely think I could have been an actress (laughs) but now look at me i'm a clown because that's the thing about school plays right the thing about school plays is that there's sort of this unspoken rule which is that you do a play that has a big enough cast so that anyone who walks through that door they know they're sort of going to be in the play right everyone gets to be in the play right yes so to then kind of go no i know there's a chorus which is where we put everyone else you're too tall for that. That's horrendous. It's so awful. Like, I was in the school play in year eight where they did a musical and they only did okay. one musical at our school. And we did Big Al, which is the musical of Al Capone's life, which as an adult, I realise <laughs> I don't think it was a musical that anyone else did. <laughs> it, it feels a bit like they couldn't afford the rights to Bugsy Malone, but had already bought the costumes. <laughs> And I played Al Capone's accountant, which is an impact role because of all the fraud. Yeah. Yeah. But famously throughout school, I never got cast as a woman. So when they were doing a play, which was all women, I was like, I'm going to get a woman's role. This is my chance. This is it. And they were like, Helen Bauer cannot represent a woman in any way. But but, I mean, we've talked a little bit already because... People turn on the telly and they see shows like Mock the Week or Live at the Apollo and they go, oh, that's nice. Everyone gets a turn. But it's not like that. There's, It's a really competitive environment, stand-up comedy. Even getting booked on yeah. some gigs is a really competitive environment. So, Oh, my God, yeah. Like, how, 
you're so used to it now. It's interesting that it didn't affect you to the point of going for a career <laughs> that doesn't come with rejection. But I think it's because this is going to sound really weird and like like I'm being like meh. But like usually when I get rejection now, it's always like, oh yeah, but that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. This was like, I mean, I cannot tell. I I could okay. I had some performance knowledge that those girls <laughs> who were good at maths and were 100% going to uni didn't have. <laughs> Can yeah. you see how passionate I am about this? But it's interesting because so you did, you did the play in year eight. So was performance something you always wanted to do? Was that kind of where you felt your life was headed? Basically, my mum lost her mind when I was six years old and started running a drama school from our living room. <laughs> called the Anne Bauer School of Drama and I was in that and I was taught by her three nights a week but I want to make it very clear there was like no professional training or background so she just started a drama school just from just like started a drama school the first thing she did was she changed our family voicemail from hello you've reached the Bauer family to hello you've reached the Bauer family and the Anne Bauer School of Drama that was move one yeah (laughs) she's great I sort of love that. Like, there's something I just love about just going, right, that's it. I've got a drama school now. Boom. Here we go. First thing, change the voicemail. Got to get that right. Like, name first, so obviously. Was... The name came first. The name, then the voicemail, then running the drama school. But because I'm from such a, it's quite a small town. Hmm. So when someone runs a drama school, it was like the only thing in the area that was doing hmm. drama. Hmm. It was like dance class, blah, blah. So hmm. I was like, Anne Bauer Drama School daughter. <laughs> wow. So it was expected that yeah. I would do dramatic yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. Plus, yeah. I was like, I did all the things, you know? You obviously love to perform, right? So it's not like it was, it's not like it was a weird, it wasn't like you were sort of in the corner, you know, you know, doing science experiments and your mom's like, no, drama. Dra-. I mean, I, it doesn't oh, feel like it was a no, leap for yeah. you. <laughs> She didn't bully me into it, if that's no, what you mean. No, it doesn't feel <laughs> yeah. like you you being a doctor would have been a huge disappointment. I can't believe it, Helen. I can't believe it. You haven't, you know, it that, yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> so then you have that disappointment in year 11. What's the journey from that point to then deciding you're going to be a stand-up and, and moving into that? Oh, my God. Like, a lot of questioning of, like, what's the purpose of life? What's the meaning of life? Mm. What's my story? What's my truth? Why am I Mm. here? Mm. Like, all because of that school play. And then, oh, God, I've got such a boring stand-up story because I think I was one of those, like, I think at the age of 18, I'd never seen stand-up, but I went to be a tech for Pleasance up in Edinburgh because this girl I knew said you could go there and, like, they pay you money and you get free accommodation. And at this point, I'd like completely flunked out of school and college, done. Like, wow. I was a good kid, but like academically just terrible. I was like, super dyslexic. I was. I would say I was super dyslexic, like I'm not anymore. Like, I just yeah. failed everything. So wow. I stopped trying. And then when I was 24 and I was living in Germany and I was like, oh, I'll just do it now. If I don't do it now, I'll never do it. Mm. And then that was it. Just loved it. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I guess in many ways, this the question is a funny question. Like even, you know, when we go, what's your first question? Go, How can I get over the fact I wasn't in school play at year 11? But actually then when you start to unpack it, every other part of school wasn't where you felt like you could thrive. So yeah. if you're dyslexic, if you're not able to, to be in that place, because again, you know, schools are getting better at it. But back then schools weren't equipped to help people through stuff. They weren't equipped to help people 
get over things or to make alliances or accommodations for people. So then, of course, if yeah. drama is your thing, then actually mm-hmm. it's really serious when you don't get the part because that's the one thing that's there, right? <laughs> it's so true. Like, I think it was because I would always get good marks in drama mm. and drama was like, I've got great friends. I'm still friends with everyone I went to school mm. with. Like, they're amazing. But like, it was probably the only class where when we had to like partner up for like actual grade stuff, not just like for fun stuff, but to mm. actually get graded. Like mm. people wanted to be in my group because yeah. they knew I would do it all. Yeah. <laughs> like I'd make the rehearsal schedule. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. I was in the school play and I was like, oh my God, like these people who have everything else. It's <laughs> just such bullshit. For me, when I went to school, and I'm probably about 10 years older than you, but I know even it's taken, it's taking a long time to get to a point where, yeah, we're not treating people badly because of something they have no control over. And yet, when I grew up and when you were at school, it, it was really hard because actually dyslexia, ASD, all those things, See, they weren't talked about. Yeah, but they were in my world. So I've got like a really mm. weird experience of it because my little sister's um, very autistic. Okay. And when you've got someone in your family who's very autistic and like mute, then usually they want to test the other siblings because it's such mm. a hereditary mm. thing. Mm. So I got dyslexia tested very young, like seven oh, years wow. old. So did my brother. Okay. And like, so I was diagnosed and my school was told and everything, but they didn't know what to do with it. And also mm. because at this point, there would have been other dyslexic kids in my year, 100%, mm. but I was mm. the only one. So I found it so mortifying because yeah. their way of dealing with it was like, okay, well, you can go downstairs to do your SAT exam and you'll have a reader. And I was like, I can read. It's not the yeah. reading. Yeah. And I found it so embarrassing. I just yeah. refused to have it. So by the time I got to GCSEs, I just said I didn't want extra time. Wow. Because it was too embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. So I did have a couple of things offered because it was such early days with it. Yeah. And because I was a teenager and also like, it was so weird then watching my peer group go to university and all of a sudden loads of them being dyslexic and given all these free laptops and stuff. And I remember even at that time, I was like, oh, but what happened to the rest of us who were really struggling and couldn't even get into yeah. university and now all of a sudden everyone's dyslexic and it's cool and they've all got a free laptop so I remember <laughs> thinking like this is not this isn't fair because yeah. you managed to get to this point yeah <laughs> you know yeah 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 frustrating really but either frustrating. way I should have been in the school play I know I know and again it's just that thing is that again because I think so often with these questions like <laughs> People ask these questions and they're, they're, like I say, they're big and they're, they sound silly and they sound funny, but actually they reveal something really, um, but really I deep. Didn't even, I wasn't even prepared for this deep realisation. Sorry. Like it's, for the listener, it's quite early on a Friday morning. It, I'm in little Disney pyjamas and I'm feeling very fragile. And I'm asking you about your childhood. Sorry. It does often happen on this one, I'm afraid. I know. And I, I, we can we can justify me being annoyed about it all we like, but at the end of the day, I'm 29, and is it time? Um, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine now. Like I'm fine. <laughs> Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Helen, what is your second question for God? Okay, my second question for God is a really tricky one, which is basically, Mm. are ghosts trying to scare me? Because my mum said we had ghosts growing up, but she got on with them. (laughs) But I always found them frightening. But I also never saw one. So I just want to know if ghosts are real, basically. <laughs> Does this make sense? No, I think I sound fully mental, don't I? What I love about that is that it was the question, the explanation, the answer, and the end all in one. I mean, to be honest, we're going to need those other questions to pad out a bit because number two's just been done. That's it. It's like, so, you know, my follow-up would have been, have you ever seen a ghost? No. Uh, so, uh, so, wow. So you were told, your mum told you there were ghosts what, in the house growing up. Yes, we had, so when I was a baby, we had two ghosts okay. and we had a nice man downstairs okay, and an evil woman upstairs. And so she introduced both me and my brother when we were little at that house to the ghosts being like, this is mm-hmm. my daughter, Helen. This is Ted. Be nice to them. They're babies and you're a big ghost. <laughs> like, I don't know how you introduce a baby to a ghost. And then she liked the old man, but the woman was really nasty, she said. And, like, this terrified me growing up. Mm. <laughs> like, And she's got a couple of, like, friends who are a little bit, like, you know, still in Woodstock in their heads. And one of them came over and she was at the top of the stairs and her husband was at the bottom of it. And he was like, move, move, there's a woman trying to push you. But my mum hadn't told them about the ghosts. So she took that as proof. <laughs> So I grew up with this story. Yeah. And then we moved house to a house without ghosts, apparently. But then my mum would always talk about, like, past lives. And, like, my mum was sure that I was in the trenches in a past life. Oh, my goodness. And she was, my mum, like, my mum won't watch Titanic because she's convinced she was on it. (laughs) Well, she doesn't want to know who's playing her. She doesn't want to know who got the role. I'm not interested. Should have played she myself. Says, if someone talks about Titanic around her, her legs start hurting out of like fear. Wow. <laughs> so weird. And then 
But then she's now living somewhere where she says she's got loads of ghosts, even though she lives in a new build. And she likes them and she chats with them. But I'm like, if I ever saw a ghost, I think I'd just I'd die. I'd so, so, did your, so your mum has seen them? Has your, so is your mum's experience that, she's, that she has seen yes. these things manifest so she's seen these ghosts and she can have a she conversation she says with them. she has yeah yeah yeah, she yeah. But, but it's has, not yeah. but, but but she but she has actually she has seen and witnessed them mm-hmm. wow yeah but then but then you whereas and she's not frightened but i'm walking through life just terrified like whenever i'm even like i live with a friend but if she's away for the night i'm like this is it. I'm going to get visited by like someone from the afterlife. <laughs> like I am so nervous. It's it's funny because obviously this is a this is a podcast about the afterlife and, and but we've never talked about ghosts. We've never talked about that side of it. We've never talked about kind of that supernatural. It's the main thing I want to know is are there ghosts and do you as a living person have any control over it? <laughs> if there are, I want yeah. to know that I'm not going to be surprised but then also same as everyone if there are ghosts i'm sort of like with a couple of people that have died that i know it's like well why haven't you come and said hey yeah i know why haven't you visited <laughs> haven't you but also don't come and say hey yeah yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> at least put a note at least put it you know send a whatsapp just be but like even then a note and i'll cry no, that i'll be, be so yeah, frightened too much with it. so do you believe in ghosts no, but when I was younger, I remember being convinced Queen Victoria was in my room. Wow. The ghost of Queen Victoria, which is so real. At least you're in and high. I, At least. I know. <laughs> like the people, so the people weird. you know aren't calling around, but Queen Victoria wouldn't miss it. She's here. She's kind of, you know. <laughs> I also remember the moment we were at school and we were learning about the Victorians and we learned that Queen Victoria had gone to fleet to go ice skating. And I was like, Oh my god, it's true. Um, like, that's what she was back suddenly. for. She was coming back to check out the rink. She's hoping for a stint on dancing on ice. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, they've, they've still got the rink. I'll head back there. I remember it well. It was the one. I always felt I did my best there. <laughs> I can't imagine so Queen Victoria weird. ice skating. I know this is a tangent, but the idea of Queen Victoria. I can't imagine the Victorians <laughs> ice skating. It just feels like everything was too much. It was too much. I mean, if I'm going to ice skate, I'm like, you know. Skinny jeans, a, a jacket, you know, sort I'm of one, one layer. I don't think I'd be there dressed as a Victorian. Although, to be fair, I mean, your school probably did Victorian ice dancing because they just had the costumes lying around. I think that was your Christmas play every year. <laughs> We're doing Starlight Express, <laughs> but Victorian. It's a steam train. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I think, I, I don't know what it was. I think every school tries to do something about the hometown that they're in and yeah. for fleet because it wasn't really anything until the service station was built <laughs> that they were like, oh, we've got a pond. It used to freeze over back in the day and Queen Victoria once came. It's probably a lie. That's it. I mean, but like, yeah, I mean, yeah. As a kid, right, I, I don't think I've ever seen a ghost, but I think because I was so, like, they were mentioned a lot mm. growing up that I would like, get into that point where i'd think i would you know you talked about people dying and then wondering why they hadn't come back did what did it did it ever impact them when someone you knew died or someone you were aware of passed away was that part of that processing i think of course i think it's so rare for someone to have someone very close to them pass away mm. particularly if it was like a sudden one to mm. not think or maybe it isn't that common but i always think you think about like oh will i receive like a message or like mm. will I see them or like mm. because I think when you are grief stricken it is very easy to like 
get into that headspace of like thinking things Mm -hmm. over maybe too much and like Mm. looking for like a reason that someone's passed away sometimes. Mm. So I think that when someone does die, there is, or like even on the anniversary of their death Mm. or their birthday, like a Mm. significant date, you are just sort of like, oh, I wonder whether they're going to come and like say, hey, Mm. (laughs) that sounds so weird. But 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 like... But I think it is common because I think people do look for that, right? Whether it's, you know, the feather falls from the sky or a song plays on the radio or something happens on Mm -hmm. that day. And there is something deeply comforting about thinking that the person is still thinking of you or aware of you or there's something. There is a comfort in that. I get that. And you do hear it every now and again, like Mm. people talking about like a parent, usually Mm. a parent-child relationship. Mm. And I'm very lucky that both my parents are still living. Mm. But like it is that thing of like that sort of like feeling that someone's come mm. and said bye like any belief system and obviously you know in this podcast we do we talk about faith and religion all those things from time to time but yeah the the biggest fear in stepping into any belief system is that eventually it will let you down and believing in ghosts has huge opportunity for disappointment because what if the loved one doesn't come back Massive. what if you don't get the feather yeah. on your birthday right Hmm. so it's not worth also, like, just for me, being able to fall asleep. Yeah, yeah. More I love how deep you went then. But also, it's for me being in my room and not convinced that the woman in black is about to be like, hey, Helen, want to play? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, I went in the wrong direction there. You're right. But I love your metaphor. It was, like, super cute. <laughs> so you asked the question. You asked the question, are they real? Is there an answer that is satisfying or do you just not want to know? But this is why, like, the question isn't, like, are they real? Because, like, I know that people are going to believe in them and not mm. believe in them. Like, mm. you can't change. But, like, I all I want to know is, are they trying to scare me? Oh. Like, so it's, as they, long as I know okay? that ghosts aren't yeah. frightening yeah. and they're just there to, like, say hi, then I'd be open to it. <laughs> <laughs> How do I sound fully crazy right now? I feel crazy. No, I love it. I'm having the best time of my life. I'm having a really lovely time. <laughs> I feel it's just... like I'm being such a weirdo. Helen, it is your final question for God. Okay. My final question for God is why don't I learn from shame? You know, people, when they find themselves in like really embarrassing situations, they never allow themselves to be in it again. Yes. And it's amazing. Like it can be within five minutes, and I'll yeah. be like, "Well, here we go again." <laughs> like, wow. I'm not G- learning give, me, um, give me an example. Like, what, what does that look like for you? Because I think the word shame is a really loaded word. Like, let's do a really simple, easy shame example. Is um, last weekend I was staying at a hotel in Glasgow, and I'd been there the last three weekends, and um, I was there, and there was there were two really beautiful, funny children's TV presenters, beautiful, really lovely women, and the guy behind the desk was like, "Oh my god, it's the KFC girl!" Because last weekend I was there, I'd had loads of KFC, and I was like, "Look how much KFC I've got!" <laughs> and then he was like, "It's a KFC girl." And they were like, "What are you? What is he talking about?" And I was like, "I don't know." Like, trying to pretend like I wouldn't eat processed chicken. It's not me. And then I went back down later and I was on FaceTime with Rosie Jones and I was going to get more takeaway. Oh, God. And I was, like, walking back in and I dropped my takeaway all over the floor and he was like, oh, KFC girl, what have you done? <laughs> like, horrendous. Like, it's like, why would I order more takeaway? 
And it's there's no shame with overeating, but I mean, it was just, oh God. Can you help me? Well, do you know, it's interesting because the word shame carries so many connotations. And I think it's the sort of word that has become the sort of thing that people are working very heavily to remove from themselves, right? People are trying to live without shame. So it's weird that you're almost trying to have more of something that everyone else is going, no, we need to eradicate shame from our lives. And you're like, no, I just need more of that. That feels really odd. I just want to like not feel a sense of embarrassment or embarrass people around mm. me for like a full month, you know? <laughs> but sometimes it does feel like I'm asking for it, you know? And I'm not. Has that always been, like, has it always been that you kind of, um, it, it, when when other people, I guess, would get embarrassed and go, okay, I'm going to do everything I can to hide this. Have you always been someone who goes, I'm just going to step into this. I'm just going to lean in. I think I'd rather lean in than be caught out. So oh, I've always, yeah, I think I always have definitely lent into it. Like definitely went through an embarrassed phase as a teenager, but in general, yeah. like I would, instead of someone being like, oh, Helen Bauer, was that you? Like, I'd rather be like, guess what I did, guys. Yeah, because I guess so many people, and I'd probably include myself in this, I would love to be more like that. So many of my actions are guided by this sense of, oh gosh, I'd love to do that, but I'm too embarrassed. Or, or I'd love to do this, but oh my goodness, what if that... And, and it feels like you don't do that. And so in a way, that's why for me, I go, man, I don't want you to lose that because that's the way I think more people want to live. I think more people want to live by leaning in and going, yeah, I own that. Yes, I've just bought a load of KFC. Yes, that was me. Yes, it's, you know, I, I just think there's something really interesting about you wanting to not live the way so many people are now aspiring to. But caring what people think isn't like, oh, I want them to think I'm a demure, nice little thing. I care that people think that like, I'm fun and I'm kind mm. and I'm nice and that they could mm. talk to me about anything. Like mm. I care about that. I don't care mm. if they think I'm gross. Mm. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah. And but I will always, I would be devastated if someone thought I was cruel mm. or like not compassionate or something. Mm. I don't know. Like I always care, mm. but doesn't mean that I can't, not walk through life being like, oh, my name's Helen and I just did a poo. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I do, I really do. Oh but I also, I also wonder if some of that is how people then get to know that you're kind and you're compassionate and you care because you're not pretending to be something else. So people then go... Really? I think they just think I'm thick. Oh my goodness. I mean, I'm, I've spent an hour with you and the last word that would ever enter my vocabulary for you is thick but like yesterday i had my smear test and then i did all those injections because she was like you need an mmr and then i thought we were having banter so i was like oh have you seen those videos of like babies getting injections when the doctor like plays with them and then injects them while they're distracted and she was like what and i was like like a baby like a baby <laughs> and it was just sort of like helen shut up let her do her job it's the nhs and I'm there being like, like, you just sort of go like, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> and she was having absolutely none of it. And fair play to her. She's got a job to do. But I'm there being like, well, we've started this now. Play with me like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> like from where I sit, I, I don't find it surprising that someone whose job is to make people laugh, who's really good at it, 
then finds themselves around people and wanting to do the same thing. And yeah, you're right. You know, it might be a waste of time for someone or it might be so. But also, I also know that when you walk back into that place, the, the, the guy behind the desk goes, hey, it's KFC girl. He doesn't go, oh my goodness, it's her again. <laughs> so there is something in that story that tells me that it might be working. You can't let me not have that one because that might be working. <laughs> oh, I'm going to let you have it even though I want to argue it. Victory! <laughs> <laughs> You should see how tightly I'm holding my trousers this, right now. That's how this podcast works. It's all about it's all win lose. It's all win lose. I won that one, right? You have to you have to take that compliment. You're living that that's on you now. Thank you for my compliment. <laughs> So, Helen, it's almost time to send you back to the land of the living. But before you go... I don't want to go there. I don't want to go anywhere. (laughs) Is there anything you think God would want to ask you? What would he want to ask me? He, she, you know what? Them. What would they want to ask me? Oh, why am I not open to love? (laughs) Is that a good answer? It's your answer, so it's a good one. Probably that. And also, like, why do you keep eating when you're full? <laughs> I think God would ask a lot of us that. <laughs> it's like, like, I gave you a warning system. <laughs> and then, I know. And then it's that, like, why do I have that compulsive need to eat through the pain barrier? I think I think a lot of us would ask that one. Yeah, it's like the warning signs are there, guys, but we're just cracking on through them. Helen, it has been such a pleasure. And I have good news. It wasn't fatal. You defrosted. So you're back. You can even have another Pizza Express if you want to get over the, the, the pain. Stop it. I'm you're 100% back. going back for another Pizza Express. Exactly. You're, you're absolutely back there. Dough balls are ready. You're there. Uh, but listen, <laughs> thank you for being on the show. I have genuinely had such a lovely time with you. It's been really lovely to meet you. And um, thank you for being so honest and open. I've had the open. worst time of my life. <laughs> no, I've hated this. I've genuinely hated this. <laughs> I really wish I could go back in time and repick my question. I genuinely <laughs> thought those were just going to be fun and lol. And now I've got to go upstairs and question everything. I hate, I hate you. Well, I've, I want to say a big Thank thanks for... Thank you for having me, though. <laughs> I'll be back next time to kill off another guest and find out what they want to know on God Only Knows. God Only Knows is a dot 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 production hosted by Matt White. The music is by Auburn Jam and the producer is Joel Porter. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. 
That's stamps.com code program.